For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. What if you could be a superhero? Dave here from DC On Screen. If you love this show and you want to see it continue and thrive, please be sure to visit iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star written review. The process is faster than a speeding bullet. You don't even have to wear tights or a cape. I mean, you can, if you're into that kind of thing. No judgment. What's important is that you tell the world what you like about the show and why you think they should be listening too. It really does go a long way in helping our show grow and expand, pushing us into more people's eye and ear holes. That was a weird way to put that. By the way, leaving a five-star written review gets you entered into a drawing to win a free DC trade paperback DVD or Blu-ray valued at $15 or less. One in ten will win and will be chosen through a true number generator on random.org. Think of it as our version of that antiquated sexist moment where the superhero saves the girl and she gives him a little jaw sugar. <laughs> Alright, begging is over. Time for a brand new episode of DC On Screen. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 318. This is our weekly DCEU news episode. I say weekly, we weren't here last week. Um, I am your host, Holy David C. Robertson. <laughs> I'm your host, David C. Robertson, and I used to be in a fight club. That sounds this fun. Is my, this is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hi. You ever bust a man's lip open for the sheer hell of it, Jason? Nope. Nope. The closest <laughs> I've ever come to bloodshed was my um, dog popping me in the head with her giant walnut head. Mm. Uh, well, to be fair, I haven't busted a man's lip open for the sheer hell of it either. Um, it makes a nice quote, Paul. I don't know. Our, uh, our, my roommate, Jay, uh, Jason, Jeremy, <laughs> one, he, he bought all this, like, boxing equipment and in college and decided he wanted to start a fight club and got me to go along with it. Ah. He also got my uh, brother-in-law, Spencer, who's, you know, about a foot and a half shorter than I am. To agree to do it. And mm. uh, our friend Chris, who was basically a Greek god. <laughs> and, uh, well, Chris whipped all of, well, he he and I never fought. He, I don't think, I don't remember. He, I know he fought Jeremy and they busted each other's lips open. <laughs> no, no. But, uh. I never got close to any of that. I did wrestle between middle school and, um, and junior high. Mm-hmm. And in middle school, I actually did, I, I did great, actually. Um, like, got some medals and everything. And then, mm-hmm. like, as uh, puberty set in, the odds were against me. Ah. I suddenly went from, like, state medal championships to being uh, able to pretty much recite what the 
ceiling of any gym in my immediate area looked like. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think the only person I actually fought was uh was Spencer. Was my uh brother-in-law. He wasn't my brother-in-law at the time. And our our friend Shu who was our roommate, uh, he was a Chinese exchange student. He would just scream at he was just screaming at me through, during the whole fight because Spencer was dating my sister at the time. He was like, you remember, he have sex with your sister. I'm like, no, he didn't. <laughs> you insightful little man. Stop it. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought he was going to be like me watching a, a football game. Like, shake him. Shake him in the eye. No, no. She's over there screaming. He will never marry her. <laughs> he has sex with her. He will never marry. Shut up. Shut up, Shu. I like his style. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, um, first up, we have a few announcements before we jump into the news. Um, we wanted to wish our friend Christopher White a happy belated birthday. Happy his birthday. birthday. <laughs> his birthday was February 1st. Chris was the first listener to ever contact us on the show. He's pretty much been there from the beginning he's the first listener we hung out with in real life and he's the first to send in reviews of his own for us to feature on the show mm. um he was our first in-person crossover with scott of the dc squad uh, oh, sorry of the suicide squad cast chris was there he came to see the killing joke with us traveled from uh north Carolina, north carolina yep to uh alabama to see it with us he's a good man hey. he's a good friend Came in there and uncomplainingly locked himself in a car with us to do a review. Yeah, he did. Uh, and if all we ever got out of doing this show was his friendship, it was worth it. Still good stuff, yeah. Um, he, it's funny, I didn't realize... That is close to all be... we've actually gotten out of this. <laughs> friendships. Friendships, we yes. We have garnered friendships. <laughs> Greatly appreciated, um, but... But yeah, I didn't realize that we might be taking a break last last week, and we always do birthday announcements after the birthday. And uh, had I realized we were going to skip last week, I would have made a note to wish Chris a happy birthday two weeks ago. No, then, no, uh, this is like a nice little extra surprise at the end of your... Yeah. And Chris and I were talking, and apparently his wife asked if we wished him a happy birthday on the show, and he goes, no, but they wished Aquaman a happy birthday, so I know where I friggin' rank. Well, I am more afraid of Aquaman. <laughs> um, Nothing also, personal, there's... just, you know, God of the water. <laughs> right. Um, there is a really fun podcast out there called Nerd Talkalypse. They are celebrating their one-year anniversary this week. Deej Penhollow, one of the hosts on that show, has been a listener of ours for quite a long time. Uh, he's told me we inspired them to start podcasting. Awesome. He asked for it. He's asked for advice over the past year, and I've honestly seen them really come into their own as podcasters. I suggest you go check those cats out. Happy birthday to Nerd Talkalypse. And lastly, we have a wonderful listener in the Netherlands named Eli Ophelder. Eli is a very smart, very funny guy. Uh, he's got a lot going for him. We've been meaning to have him on this show for months and months, and we haven't done it yet. Um, he That's, just started a podcast. Yeah. He just started a podcast called Stealing the Remote. It's a brilliant idea for a podcast. He steals the remote and makes his mother watch movies she would otherwise never watch. Then they review it. Uh, he has one episode up, a review of Man of Steel. He and his mom are charming as hell. Her responses <laughs> to Man of Steel are, are candid and interesting. I absolutely re recommend checking that one out. 
I happen to know the review of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. The Ultimate Edition is coming soon. Um, he won't always stick to DC. But yeah. um, he's doing it for the first couple. Yeah. Uh, so please go give him some encouragement and downloads. Stealing the remote. He's like 20 years old. Go go help the kid out. Yeah. Um, his mother's great. He's like... He's like, this is the mo- the only woman I can trust in my life, my mother. And she goes, he's like, introduce yourself. And she says, I am his mother. <laughs> <laughs> just cracked me the right hell up. Right to the it was point. Interesting- yeah. So it's, it's, it's a cool podcast. Okay. So um, on to news. The primary reason that, you know, we're all here gathered. Yeah. Hunkered around the old timey radio. Um, <laughs> Aria Moffley has been promoted to Vice President of Creative Affairs at DC Entertainment. Uh, she used to work in features for Hollywood Gang Productions as a development executive. She's played a big role in development across the board at DC. She helped develop, uh, she helped develop Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Gotham, Lucifer, and Powerless, um, and, uh, the DC Superhero Girls universe. Jeff Johns. Yeah, that's nearly made- across the board. Uh, that's what I said across the board. Right. <laughs> I mean, Jeff what's Johns. that short? Like, action? That's it. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Johns made the announcement. He said, uh, Aria is an unbelievably talented leader within my creative affairs team, and her development expertise and vast knowledge of DC has been key to the success we've had with the studio. As DC's slates continue to rapidly expand, I'm excited to have Aria by my side, developing even more DC projects. So that's happened, and... Uh, Hey, can't you know, fault can't fault lack of experience here. Mm-mm. And what's more is, um, I mean, I don't really, I don't know her personally or what she's given the yes or no to, but she was wearing an old school Batman T-shirt in the picture they had on the site. Yeah, that, see, yeah, okay, that's enough. Yeah. It that's really that's as good as anything else you can get on on these kinds of things. Like somebody that's getting promoted to like VP of Creative Affairs, we don't know mm-hmm. their resume. I mean, we know what they worked on, but we don't know if they like stepped in a room for five minutes and gave a right, bad idea, no. or if they were the entire reason the show was good. Yeah, I mean, who knows? You just have to kind of tease out and guess. Fingers crossed, guys. Yep. Fingers crossed. Uh, so Arnold Schwarzenegger might be coming to Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. It looks like uh, Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns uh, followed Arnold on Twitter, and. Um, it might have also had to do with like a political back and forth with uh, Donald Trump. Yeah. Something about the, I don't know. What I, the hell is this I thing? I only heard it briefly. I think it was like Trump made fun of uh, celebrity apprentices dropping ratings. That's since right. Schwarzenegger took over and Schwarzenegger said, well, if you'd like to trade jobs. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing all that. Yeah. Something like that. So it may have been because of that, but uh, for Jeff Johns and Patty Jenkins, it's a little. It is. And this, this. Twitter following thing has proven to be pretty reliable, as you pointed out. Absolutely. So uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Arnold pop in there um, as something. Mm. Uh, I've, I always enjoy seeing him pop up in movies. Um, looks like Total Film is putting out a new picture of the Justice League. It's uh, it, it's Aquaman, Wonder Woman out in front, and Cyborg with a sonic canning. It, they look they look badass mm-hmm. and it looks like they're standing inside of a Kryptonian ship or at the very least an alien ship it looks Kryptonian to me. Um, I don't know. Did you see this thing? I did. 
And that's that's about as good as I could do with a description. It looks badass. Probably a ship. Mm-hmm. And like I've I've seen a couple of you know uh, pissy comments about it. Like, what is they? What does cyborg look like a transformer? And then over it, uh, what's it? The I can't remember the, the name. Who's it? And the what's it? Death, birth, movies, or no, oh, yeah, movies, death, birth, or whatever the hell that stupid death website or something? is. I don't know. They were like, Cyborg has a weird ass hand. That is his hand, right? I'm like, oh, shut the hell up. You don't know anything about anything. Assholes. <laughs> don't hold back, Dave. Well, you know, their their founder, Devin, you know, who's always yelling about how, you know, uh, DC sucks and, oh, women are you know, put out, and uh, he's real social justice warrior for women, and then it turned out, like, someone actually called him out and been like, hey, so you're, like, a huge sexual harasser who harassed me, and he, like, stepped away and says, I have personal problems, bye! Ah. So now, like, they've delved even further into, like, the clickbait bullshit, but whatever. Uh, So the couple of things, this picture is so badass, is all I'm saying, is that they're just picking it apart, like, he looks like a Transformer, he's a robot. He's a cyborg. He is a Transformer. (laughs) He kind of is a Transformer. He it's okay. just is. And that is a Sonic Cannon. You know, if you want to call it a... What was it? A, what was it originally? The White Noise Cannon? Oh, back God. Back in the old days? Long since forgotten. Um, <laughs> if you want to call it that, you can call it that. But, uh, yeah, it's a thing he has. It's a cannon attached to the man's arm. Uh-huh. Can't we all be happy with that? <laughs> Isn't that enough for right now? For it's a called still source material a year before the movie comes out. Yeah, it's called source material accuracy, guys. Get yeah. on board. Anyway, uh, so moving on, uh, someone on Twitter asked uh, when they were going to get when we were going to get the uh, Justice League trailer. Gal Gadot responded, "Ha ha, soon." So, hey guys, does she mean like coming my soon. movie's coming out soon? And well, no, they said, uh, I'm over here hoping for a Justice League trailer during the Super Bowl, and Gal Gadot said, ha-ha, soon. So, Justice League, baby. Justice League. All right. I do. I want another trailer. The first one was cool, but oh. it's time. I want a little more footage. Feed me. I mean, some people think, like, I thought it was probably going to be on the Lego Batman movie. Nope. So, the next big tentpole is, you know, Kong. I guess. March 10th. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't actually expect it for Lego Batman. I thought they'd skew towards kids. And they did. Yeah. Skewed towards kids. I don't think there was a kid in our theater. <laughs> it was just me laughing. Well, not Thursday at like 7.40, no. Yeah. Thursday at 5, I think we probably missed all the kids on like the way out. Yeah, maybe. There was an exodus of children. Oh, I mean, the movie's made plenty. We'll get to that, though. Um, mm-hmm. So, Lawrence Fishburne... <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne was talking about not being in Justice League again negative clickbait will try to lead you to believe that he decided to opt out of Justice League because of you know the quality of the film Fishburne says they asked me to come for a day but I couldn't work it out schedule wise and really what do you need the newspaper man in Justice League for you want to see the Flash you want to see Aquaman you want to see Wonder Woman you want to see the Lantern and everyone's just hanging, no, not everyone, hanging it out there about the lantern. Are, yeah, people are freaking out about the lantern. Think that's the indication? No, no, it's not. He doesn't know. He's not even in the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Fishburne goes. The man on, was too busy been... to get there for a day. <laughs> Surely he doesn't have that much inside information about this film. Yeah, yeah. 
You think he's like hanging out back by the dumpster smoking crack with Army Hammer and being like, hey, man, when are you going to show up? Yeah, no, that's not happening. I don't know. I don't uh, You know, maybe he is. I don't know. But anyway, I don't think Tom so. Tom Cruise is uh, Snapchatting him on set pics? No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> right. um, so Fishburne goes on to say, we've been waiting 35 years for these characters to show up on the screen. What were they doing over there? Marvel has been kicking their ass. This is the comic book geek in me who has a collection of comic books. I've been waiting to see these people on screen forever. Dude, that's fair, but shut up. <laughs> 35 years. Okay, first of all, 35 years. That's an excessively long time to be talking about Marvel kicking anybody's ass because Marvel's only been kicking ass since 08. I, I thought that's what he, it sounded like that's what he meant was like they've been kicking their ass on like on screen portrayal of the big team. Well, yeah, he says, what were they doing over there? Marvel's been kicking their ass. But he says, we've been waiting 35 years for these characters to show up. Well, most of these characters have been around for like 75 years, at least. So we've been waiting that long to see them show up in a in a source material capacity on yeah. on screen. Um, I just thought he meant but, like, we've been waiting 35 years to see a Justice League and like, I've already got the yeah. Avengers. So like, come on, guys, catch the fuck up. I mean, yeah, I maybe, didn't take it as 35 but, years of kicking their ass. Well, you know, it, it's just... I'm just wanting to point out that Marvel has only been around doing this since 08. And, uh, I mean, part of that time, you know, Warner Brothers was making all the fanboys happy putting out the Dark Knight trilogy. So, <laughs> and apparently the fanboys are all over that because like, oh yeah, we want a gritty, realistic Batman who wouldn't have anything to do with the Justice League. What the hell are you talking about? Why? <laughs> anyway. I've never, I, I don't hold that. <laughs> Like, I have problems with those films, but I actually don't hold anyone accountable for that thought. Like, you know what? Great. Happy for you. You got your three films. Now I want to see them with everybody mm -hmm. else. Right. Um, but, you know, no one's clickbait tweeting on this. Um, <laughs> they asked, as a comic book geek, were you surprised at how quick fans and critics were to jump all over Batman v Superman? Fishburne says, look, I love what Zack Snyder does. Jesse Eisenberg, this little nebbish guy as Lex Luthor. For me, that's a genius move. And the whole thing with Martha Kent and Martha Wayne, I don't know, man. I must be sentimental, but that's some heartwarming stuff to me. So I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. So that doesn't, you know, exactly jibe with the clickbait titles of DC has been fish burned. Oh, God, I'm sure they did that yeah. too, didn't they? I saw that, yes. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> uh, yeah actually so, I'm, um, I'm totally with him on point one and only about half with him with point two that's it's still my only main contention that that point could have been, been done better oh man Whatever. i saw a great i saw a great meme online where it was uh the the martha scene from bvs and it says what happens when you know <laughs> you have uh when your mom shares Batman's mom's name. And then there's a picture of Ben Affleck in the Batman cowl, drinking with Jason Momoa and laughing. And it says, what happens when both of your dads are named Thomas? <laughs> well played. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Mark Hughes at Forbes uh, was teasing some, a new article that he put out that he was about to put out. So he was going to be answering some questions about Batman and whatnot. Now, we know that they went to, there was a whole press conference 
where a bunch of reporters went to the Justice League set, and Mark Hughes has said that he saw some Atlantis uh, concert uh, concept art, and someone asked, uh, you know, what that was what that was like, and he says, "I can answer that right now. Imagine Game of Thrones underwater, and with hint with a hint of Avatar. That's the best I can describe it. Not bad. Yeah, that sounds pretty phenomenal. Yeah." Uh, some in-development review, sorry, in-development preview uh, of the Batman Justice League suit has been released. It's just like a little CGI model mock-up of the Batman suit from Justice League. It, you know, looks pretty much exactly like the BBS suit, except with some added layering, some little armor bits, and um, the little transitionary goggles, I'm assuming, that everyone's been talking about. You know, a lot of people have been negatively talking about. I kind of dig it. I think it's a cool little evolutionary step toward uh, the goggles in uh, the Nightmare sequence from BVS. Yeah, that could work. It's it's just well established that he has eyewear. Can't hold it against him. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a new piece talking about Justice League always being meant to be, or always having meant to be brighter. Uh, I didn't say that right, but whatever. Damon Caro, the eh, second unit director. basically across, I think. We can go. Yeah. Damon uh, Caro, Caro, I'm going to say Caro, second unit director, uh, says the film is a rebooth, bleh, rebirth of hope. He says the arc was Batman v Superman was the midway point and the darker movie. Hence, what happens at the end. The whole tone of, of it was darker. If you play your story all at one level, there are no peaks and valleys. There's no life. The great stories, the Greek tragedies, even life. We have to be knocked down before we can build our way up. Justice League was always the rebirth of hope and the rise. He went on to uh, compare uh, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Justice League to the Star Wars trilogy, with BVS being Empire Strikes Back. And in fact, this hasn't this isn't the first time we've heard any of this. Um, Chris Terrio described BVS as the Empire Strikes Back. Um, yeah. What was it back in March? Is that right? That's oh, been so long now. I mean, since pre BBS, pre BBS. We're we're going on nearly a year now of people mm-hmm. saying that it's going to get brighter here. Just in a, in a minute, just hold on. Mm-hmm. Through one format or the other. Yeah, he says they were people even saying tried it to... just before the movie came out. Yeah. Uh. Caro says people try to say that it's a response to the backlash, and I definitely say that criticisms were heard, but it's not like we threw everything out and started with a blank slate. It's a bit like Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. Dark movie! But then Return of the Jedi is the rise and the rebuilding of hope. So, I mean, this is this has been going on for a while. You know, calm down, guys. The word rebirth okay. shouldn't be lost on anyone. And when I say calm down, I don't mean calm down like you guys should get angrier. You know how, like, if you're, like, annoyed with something and then a loved one says, calm down, and it makes you angrier? Oh, yeah. No, been there many yeah. times. I don't mean it that way. I don't mean it that way. I mean, like, hey, man, it's going to be okay. It's going to be cool. We're going to be all Have right. Have a beer. It's going to be fine. We're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. I swear we'll have a cinematic universe one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if this doesn't work out. Uh, I just want total one we film. can all agree on, for God's sake. No, that's never going to happen. 
As I've said many times before. Can agree on. There are so many versions of all of these characters. Like the the main the big points, the big characters, like Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. Uh, I don't think they're uh, we're even, ever gonna nah. get uh, even the uh, I mean the Trinity has so many versions of their singular characters that it's impossible. But I, you know, just something that's a, mm-hmm. a little more. Uh, I would just like more people I mean, to be happy with it. That's all. That's what it really comes down like, to. I've, and I've talked to, I've talked about this before. You know, um, uh, the guy used to do the radio show with Steve West, mm-hmm. um, Entertainment Roundtable, still around. Uh, you can check that out at Screen Explosion. But um, Steve West watched Batman v Superman with a friend of his, and they were talking about it afterward. And she said they were talking about Wonder Woman. And she's like, "Oh, that was supposed to be Wonder Woman." I'm I'm sorry, it wasn't Linda Carter. <laughs> what what wasn't clear about that? I don't know. I really don't. Did the giant W crescent on the on the the breastplate there not do it? Or the I shield? Don't know. I or guess the, she gold, didn't. the golden lasso didn't tip you out? Probably because she didn't like spin around and the music didn't go Wonder Woman. Although it might have uh it might have actually gotten a better fan reaction if they had stopped to do Wonder Woman. Maybe. Really? But I mean, as we said maybe. last week. Might have seemed like the film didn't we, take itself so seriously for a second. And... Yeah. I'll tell you what, man. I've been having a lot of, uh, I've been having a lot of like crisis of faith moments this week mm-hmm. since I realized that they, they lifted a particularly, you know, bad set of lines out of Batman and Robin for this movie. <laughs> we talked about it last time. The, the, um, is she with you? I thought she was with you. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. That was painful. Oh. You told me about it, and I kind of thought, oh, shit. He's right. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't occur to me as so bad a line when they did it, but it still wasn't their best work. I didn't like it when they did it. as one of my least favorite things, because I'm like, Batman, you know who she's with. Why are you saying I thought she was with you? Because you've been having this little cat and mouse game the entire movie. Yeah, I, I would just appreciate it if they'd like looked at each other a little suspiciously and then looked away and kind of shrugged and like squared up to fight. Just, okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, so Total Film is purportedly confirming that Victor Stone, a.k.a. Cyborg, is a mother box. I thought we already knew this. I don't know... I, I I've lost track now because uh, that little that little bit in BVS is is so clearly a mother box that I don't know what to do with myself. And there's clearly a mother yeah. box in the Justice League trailer that we have already. Well, they they've shown two mother boxes in the Justice League trailer, and we knew that there were three. There was one for the Atlanteans, yeah, one for the Amazonians, yeah. and one for the humans. And it's very clear to me, and it was always very clear to me that um, Cyborg was the mother. I mean, sorry, the human mother box. Uh, but anyway, Total Film is talking about this and says, uh, you know, is uh, they likens, and I think correctly at this point, you know, if we don't, I'm sorry if this pisses you off, but they they're t- <laughs> they say it's uh, the mother boxes are MacGuffins like Marvel's Infinity Stones, hmm. where Steppenwolf is going to be after the mother boxes in in the movie. I think that's probably, I think. I think Cyborg is probably going to become, like, you know, the thing to protect. 
over the course of the film. Like, yeah, he's a badass, but can we, like, not let them take him because he's a mother box? Oh, can we call that now? The cliffhanger for uh, Justice League 1 is uh, him getting abducted? Maybe. You can call it. I'll call that in case of rank. All right, do it. Um, <laughs> so it be called. Called be. Zack Snyder. <laughs> second it. <laughs> <laughs> Zack Snyder was talking to Total Film. He said, he was talking about the dynamic of the team. He says, one of the more rewarding aspects of creating Justice League was having fun exploring the dynamic between this diverse group of larger-than-life characters with disparate backgrounds, ethics, and unique perspectives, all trying to come together and work as a team. It not only offers an opportunity for great drama and complex relationships, but it also often results in great fun. It's an exciting concept to explore, and it only gets better when you add the component of our incredibly talented cast. Their chemistry really adds to that dynamic. One would hope. <laughs> that's your takeaway? Yep, sounds good. Pull it off. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's, that's my takeaway. Yeah. And, you know, as much as I've defended these films... We still it expect been more. Nice if we, yeah, it would have been nice if we had a little more time, like a little bit, like at least one more, one or two more uh, solo films. But you know, whatever, man. Um, I don't know. I can I can deal with the the format of how they were setting them out. I just um, mm-hmm. there's so much I would like to have done differently. Well, yeah, that's us though. Um. Kirsty Clemens confirmed her Justice League appearance. Again, this is one of those things that I thought was already confirmed. I don't know why we're going over it again, but Kirsty Clemens stated during an Instagram live video, she does have a cameo in Justice League. Uh, she did point out that it's listed on her IMDb page. So <laughs> there you go. No secrets Mystery here. solved. <laughs> that's uh, not, that's not proof though. I mean, come on. IMDb, IMDb can get a little weird on you. It has been known to. It has been known to get a little weird on you. It's also been known to get a little spoilery and absolutely, completely freaking correct. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> Aquaman, they've had some casting stuff. Now, everyone's saying, like, oh, they have their... You know, no, no, this has been actually cast yet, so just calm the hell down. And that, in this way, I don't, I don't mind if you get mad. <laughs> um... <laughs> Tamira Morrison, who played Abin Surfer Green Lantern, actually, is uh, in talks to join Aquaman as a Thomas Curry. Hmm. Be nice to have him back. He was one of the parts uh, parts of the movie people didn't have a problem with at all. Yeah, no, I mean, that was pretty rote. It was like, oh, damn, cool. And then, like, the movie fell apart. Yeah. I mean, it was already kind of shitty because of, like, the 25 different times we saw, you know, uh, Hal Jordan's dad, dad blew up. Dad. <laughs> uh, we get it. The plane freaking blew up. Dad. We get it. Please stop. Um, but yeah, uh, Nicole Kidman is in talks to play Atlanta, the uh, or Atlanta, whatever you want to say. I don't know. The exiled queen of Atlantis who falls in love with landlubber Tom Curry. Now, of course, everyone knows Nicole Kidman was Dr. Chase Meridian in Batman Forever, mm -hmm. which will mean, in a way, Batman has slept with both Aquaman's mother and Superman's mother. 
Well, I'll be damned. Yeah. Huh. Affleck had an affair with her in, oh, what was that movie? I don't remember. Uh, The thing about George Reeves. Was it? Was it? Th- I thought it was the thing about George Reeves, the little uh, the. the... Bi- no, I thought it was some romantic comedy. But anyway, oh, damn, not my cup. <laughs> IMDb, but, it is. You know, yeah. Then you know, Batman obviously got with Doctor Chase Meridian and, and Batman Forever. Yep. So it means some version of Batman has got it on with a couple of Justice League's mothers. This is going to become a fun, in like 10 years time, this is going to be a fun little uh, six degrees of separation on Batman's dick. Yeah. That's just what it's going to be. <laughs> How close are you to a bat wiener? <laughs> it's not who I am, but who I do that defines me. Yep. So anyway, uh, Aquaman may have found his black mana again. Early, it's in talks. It looks like it's probably going to happen. They've had numerous meetings with the Get Down actor uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen um, to play Black Manta. Uh, it's looking like a sure thing. A lot of people are already saying, jumping the gun, clickbaiting, saying that it is a thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe. Um. Looks like it's probably what's going to happen. I haven't seen actual confirmation that it's true, though. That it's absolutely like him. Yeah. Uh, they... <clears throat> as far as I can tell, yeah, it's just a... I don't know. It's the secondary sites. It's not like Variety coming out and saying it yet. Mm-hmm. So Amber Heard, there was a training video. It looks She's just throwing some punches at the camera and walking away playfully and laughing. So, you know. But she's training to be a uh, Mira in Aquaman and Justice League, so yay. There was also a video of... You're going to have to punch of, some people. Yeah. Also a video of a gym where people are training, and Joseph, Jason Momoa walks out and just dramatically points to Aquaman comics on a table. That was awesome. <laughs> um, just fun stuff, you know. Not not earth-shattering news here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is just breaking as we're recording... John Campia of uh, Collider Movie Talk is saying, Ben Affleck, make no mistake, he does want out. He doesn't want to be Batman anymore. I've been told Ben Affleck is talking with Warner Brothers in an attempt to get out of being Batman, and if they do not let him out of being Batman, the standalone Batman film that ultimately happens will be the last time we see Ben Affleck as Batman. He says that he has three separate sources telling him this over the past four days. Oh. That's going to be rough. That is going to be rough. All right, so where would that put I mean, him there? First like, of all. Is that, the Batman right now is uh, slated for, what, 2019 at best? Like early 2019 uh, at best? Probably. Which would put it still between the Justice League movies, I think. Probably, yeah. I wonder what that um, does to him for think, story here is where it le- really leaves me. I, I, I don't well, want to recast him. I mean, if we lose Batman, we lose Batman. I'm almost leaning more towards that than re- recasting, for God's sake. I think if... Here's the thing. 
I think if this is true, and there's no real indication that this is true, um, I don't trust Collider Movie Talk. Well, that's fine. I've listened to the show. I think it's a lot of, you know, circle jerking and, <laughs> you know, I it just, I've never, I've never seen it as a viable source for, for movie news. Um, and I look at a lot of different news. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, they, they seem to be, uh, a little bit high on the horse there, but you know, I, there, there's no evidence of what these sources are. And, um, quite honestly, even if they did have all these sources, you know, you think what would be, what would be the end goal for saying all of this? It's just to destabilize Warner Brothers and D- the DCEU. If you are looking at it and going, okay, well, I was going to see Justice League, but if they're not going to keep going in the same line, why would I? They're going to recast Batman or the DCEU is over. And let's face it, if, if Ben Affleck leaves the DCEU, if he's not Batman anymore, this isn't like the Hulk. You can't just recast that. Mm. It's going to suck. Well, no, I mean, probably so far just you reboot can. It. Like, so far he's been a part of half a movie. And looks like he has a substantial part in Justice League, but Justice League 2, we don't know anything about. No, but he's also in Suicide Squad briefly. Yeah. But only as a cameo. I mean, right now you could get rid of Batman or make it uh, a transition to another person's Batman. If you absolutely had to. I think the best they could hope for is to keep trying and just put another actor who kind of looks like Ben Affleck in the cowl and never show Bruce Wayne again. That would be way worse than trying to like write in a you know, write in a Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. Like some guy you never mentioned that's been in Bloodhaven the entire time comes back to take over the cowl. That would be way 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 better than body double. Yeah. I mean, I guess they could. They could like quickly kill him off in Justice League or something. And just have someone take it back over? Yeah. Yeah, you could do that. You could... I mean, there's a couple of things they could do, but I feel like Batman is so heavily rooted in the Bruce Wayne persona for mainstream audiences. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, they might just recast it because of how much money they've already put into the DCU, but that's also the part that makes me feel like this is just bullshit. Because, well, that's the major I mean, thing. Affleck like, has it, put in so much. I, it... I'm still you know? real dubious about the um, any any storylines that involve uh, people trying to sabotage the DCU. It's just too damn cons- conspiratorial, and the people that would theoretically be doing this have very little gain. There's no money in it. Um, like, you, you get a few hits for your site. That's it. I don't know. I don't know. Like people will do a lot for to. People will do a lot for a few measly hits, though. That, I mean, that's true, honestly. but like for, for everyone to be doing it is one thing, but to start forming a narrative that it's like an active conspiracy, you have to have an active hand behind it that's guiding all these little pawns that just want a few hits. I'm not I'm not saying it's an active conspiracy that everyone is involved in. I'm saying... Oh, it's just something people have brought up that, an, like, that like, no, there's an active conspiracy. I'm just not willing to buy that. There's, there, there's no hand with I'm enough resources to do it. So it just, you know... Right now, it's an unsubstantiated report, it looks like. It's an ups- it's absolutely an unsubstantiated report. Absolutely. That's not in question. Unfortunately, it has uh, just know. enough bearing that, yeah, it's even got me a little concerned. Yeah, and, you know, I, uh, 
you hear things like this and we've heard things like this, like, Oh, he's going to be stepping away. And he says, oh, I'm actually doing it. And him doing that. And then he says, saying, Oh, I'm like, definitely going to do it. And he steps away. And then stepping away has heard it more than anything. Yeah. Um, I don't think at any, at this point there's room to be worried, but even if it does, I mean, let's just call it for what it is. It's a bunch of movies, man. Yep. I also think that, um, <laughs> if this ends up being true, this is where I land on it. Um, or if we end up seeing more news that this is uh, possibly going to be true, where I might land on it is this. We might be at the point of like, man, Affleck just can't keep his head in or out of this thing right now. Like he's not, he's not, some days he's feeling it, sometimes he's not. But this is something you maybe need to be really focused on um, mm-hmm. to, to really get done, to, to do it well. Which is the talking point that he's used on several occasions. He wants this to be done well with with everything mm-hmm. behind him, and it feels like sometimes Warner Brothers has just fought him too hard on doing it the way he feels is the right way to do it. So yeah, it, it seems like he. Um, if if I pull away and and talk about what I've seen over the last few months with with Affleck and Warner Brothers, it feels like he wants to do a thing they don't want to do it the same way. He he he's just have, like I don't know. I think he's having like a, a crisis of faith himself. Yeah. Absolutely, and if this is true, if this if this report is true, honestly, I think it would probably be because they they may have taken this movie, they may have taken the Batman away from him because of Live by Night. That's something I said a couple weeks ago. You know, there's a very real possibility that he was kind of on the fence about it anyway, and they saw that with that, that weakness, and then Live by Night flopped. It just did. There's no argument on to it. It, it flopped. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think maybe they just told him, you know, hey, we're replacing you as a director because you can't do, you can't direct and start at the same time. You just can't. This this is too much money. Um, yeah, and which is there, a little confusing. There were reports earlier, I, uh, like there were a couple of reports this uh, last couple of weeks about Wonder Brothers asked him to focus completely on this, and uh, you know, or beware. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I, I don't know how true that is. Well, but. there was a report that said that they asked him to put off other movies until after Justice League. And that was a while ago. Yeah. And and but even still that it's hard to it's hard to judge. That seems like a mentality WB might have because we've seen him do it with some people. Mm-hmm. But yeah. and it's not even it's not even WB's fault. That the that's not a, a lot of companies do this. Mm-hmm. The, the exclusivity contract of like, dude, this is what you're doing for the next year. Sorry, this is this is what you're yeah. doing. Sorry. Um, and yeah, maybe he just couldn't roll with it. It just, it really does. It feels like he's having this huge crisis of of faith, and it is a giant set of shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. And everyone's just not on the same page, and it's getting so much damn publicity because Ben Affleck is everywhere right now. Yeah, and but you know, I. I would rather have a better Batman movie and Affleck not be the director of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I was I on mean, board with that. I mean, everyone let him step down, let much... him focus on product. Like he's he's apparently got some writing chops. Yeah. Let him focus on what he's good at. He's he works well with Chris Terrio. Let him focus on doing the role correctly and then and getting the mm-hmm. lines right, and then let somebody else do some of the 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 hard ass job of directing behind it. Yeah. That wasn't a bad call if it if everyone was actually on the same page. Right. And you know, I um and honestly I don't understand why you need that much money to make a Batman movie anyway. Um You know, I was watching Fat Man on Batman. Mark Bernard made a great point 
like you know the two major elements of a Batman movie are you got uh, you know it's detective shit, it's gumshoe, it's uh, you know it's film noir, and then kung fu. And those are the two move. Those are two movie genres that are historically very, very cheap to make. Oh yeah, no. Look at some of the early Tim Burton. Look at like eighty uh, nine Batman, yeah. and look at all of Batman sixty six. The entirety of Citizens of Gotham, if you believe what you've just watched, is about two hundred and fifty people. <laughs> yeah, and like the sets themselves uh, cover maybe about two football fields. Like, yeah, I could construct this for about I don't know. $25,000? Yeah, and Bernardin suggested, you know, maybe a bud- they should have a budget of like $35 million. You know, yeah. $30, $35 million, And they would clean up. But they're not going to do it because WB, you know, See, Bernardin and uh, Bernardin and Ryan Reynolds gotta... are apparently uh, like on the same page right now. Yeah? Yeah. Now, uh, to do Deadpool 2, he's actually arguing for smaller budget. Oh, okay. He wants them to pull it back a little bit. Well, yeah, when, once they start, they want to throw in all this extra money. Like, oh, it was so good, we're going to throw it. Like, no, that's because then you're going to get less of a return for the next one. You'd be like, well, this one wasn't as much yeah. of a success. I guess we're, I guess everyone's tired of Deadpool. I, I, no, you fools. I forget the actual numbers, but they made like <laughs> 10, 11, 12 times the money they put in on this. And then you, next movie, you come in and throw in like $250 million and only make $650 million, and You go, oh, God. Our our return yeah. on investment just went down by like a nearly exponential rate. Right, but then of course you have the other end of that spectrum, which is like the Salcons or whatever, with like uh, and Canon Films with Superman, where they're like, let's spend progressively less money on every Superman film <laughs> and see what happens <laughs> until it really shows. Tell you what, tell you what, just for kicks on the last one, we're gonna tell them the budget's this, and then we're gonna make it fifty percent of that when they show up. <laughs> so you know anyway like, the ROI will be amazing no it very <laughs> much will not yeah um, so anyway on to other big news um, hopefully the Ben Affleck leaving Batman thing is not real hopefully. I, I mean I just I, I've enjoyed Batfleck I hope it's not real because I hope it's not real I just do I uh, I honestly think that whether or not he dips is going to depend on how well Justice League is received, and subsequently how well his standalone is received. Um. Yeah. Well, they haven't invested enough money in the standalone yet. Like he can still bail no. after Justice League and he face could. minimal financial consequence for somebody like Ben Affleck. Right. Um, he could. He could still dip. I just don't know if he will. But we're hearing so much about this. It's it's way mm-hmm. overexposed at the moment. I wouldn't be worried about it yet. Not really. No. Wait for like... I'll tell you what. Tell you what. Give it two weeks. Because this story will proliferate mm-hmm. hugely. Give it, like, give it like two weeks and wait for his next little press run somewhere. Because the first thing someone's going to ask him <laughs> when, they, when they have like a, a decent camera and mic is, Are you really definitely done? We will get a soundbite from him at some point soon. I guess we'll go from there. It's just gonna—it's just gonna be him rolling his eyes and going, "Shit, what is wrong with you people?" I know, <laughs> I know. So anyway, it's being reported that it's you know completely a done deal. 
But Variety says early talks. So, again, calm the hell down. Have a beer. Um, or maybe the problem is you guys are drinking too much. <laughs> Some of these people are. Yeah, it's just a person uh, to person on that. Yeah, I mean, look, it's... it's um, it's being reported that Matt Reeves is in early talks to direct the Batman solo film, which is, as of this point, still being executive produced and starring by uh, Ben Affleck. So, you know, calm down. Still good. And the, cra- the part that cracks me up the most is that Ben Affleck was the thing that everybody hated about this at the beginning. But whatever. Yeah. Um, you know there are people just sitting there refreshing the IMD page right now. Sure. Just to see if there's a, yeah. So look, Matt Reeves, this guy, if he directs it, the only thing I've seen is Cloverfield that he did. Um, he did a remake of Let the Right Ones In, I think called Let Me In. I did not see that. He did two big-ass event tentpole films, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and uh, he's about to do war, or he just did War for the Planet of the Apes. I hear really good things about those things. Yeah. Um, then again, he also did Under Siege 2 with Steven Seagal. So, you know, there's that. It was a long time ago. I'll give it to him. Yeah. Whatever. Just, let's, you know, I just want to point out that is a thing. Yeah, but no one should be, like, judged for anything that had Steven Seagal in it. Right. Um, <laughs> the rumor pass. indicates... Like I don't, I don't know whether to be happy about Matt Reeves or not. I haven't seen anything the guy's really done except for Cloverfield, yeah, really don't and know I the feel guy like that's not judge. that's a found footage film, so you can't really judge anything. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> they're saying uh, the rumor mill is saying that if uh, Matt Reeves falls through, which I'm hearing he's committed to do it, and Warner Brothers really wants him. Right now, the he heavy bets through, on him doing it. If he falls through, that's a big if. Uh, Warner Brothers is trying to get Ridley Scott, maybe? Huh. Um, which I would not be into. One, Ridley Scott's a dickhole. Yeah. Um. I've heard that one. I, and I would have to completely just overrule my, because it's a Batman film, I would have to see it. Which pisses me off because I've sworn I would never watch another Ridley Scott movie. <laughs> My first comment is like, well, I mean, yeah, but we'd only see Batman for like 15 seconds and he'd be in shadows. <clears throat> right. Which could work. Um, <laughs> Legitimately. The better parts of BTAS were in the shadows, for God's sake. <laughs> um, I don't know about that either. But uh, It's when he was scariest. Yeah, Ridley I mean. Scott... My my issue with Ridley Scott is that he fired a Star Trek actor because he found out he was on Star Trek. You know, and uh, what you're on Star Trek? Ah, oh, get out of here! You were on Star Trek ten. You were on Star Trek fifteen ten years ago. Whatever it was, you're fired. Yeah. What? Um. Now, Ridley Scott also has said he told Digital Spy last year, superhero movies are not my kind of thing. That's why I've never done one. I've been asked several times, but I can't believe in the thin, gossamer tight rope of the non-reality of the situation of the superhero. <laughs> I've done that kind of movie. Blade Runner really is a comic strip when you think about it. It's a dark story told in an unreal world. You could almost put Batman or Superman in that story, sorry, in that world, that atmosphere, except I'd have a freaking good story as opposed to no, no story. 
So clearly he has a bias against superhero movies. I, yeah, no. You can't just throw Batman into Blade Runner. Wouldn't be the same for mm. It would ruin both of them. Oh, oh my God. Would it? Yes. Or would you just have Batman Beyond? <laughs> no. You know what? I'd be on board. I'd be on board a Ridley Scott Batman Beyond movie, but nothing else. <laughs> no. No, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna just take a stance here with what he's just said. I don't know if that's gonna apply. I don't know how strongly he felt about yeah. it. Maybe he had a bad day. But if that's how he really feels about it, what you have is someone that comes into this medium which takes a certain amount of not even a certain amount, an exaggerated amount of care and love to to grow and, and uh form it correctly into a thing that everyone yeah. respects. I th- that's not that's not the soundbite of someone who uh might be no, capable of have, having that respect for the, the genre. He doesn't have the pedigree to do a superhero film because he's got a stigma in his head about what a superhero movie is. Um, apparently, critics and fans alike have that stigma in their head, too, because Zach tries to do something deep with something, and they're like, Rah! Yeah. <laughs> so, whatever. Maybe it's a perfect fit. I don't care. Whatever. I don't want Ridley Scott involved, honestly. Um, but. Yeah, me too. The. The other possibility here that they're talking about is uh, Fed Alvarez. Don't know him. He directed Don't Breathe or the thing that I know him from, the Evil Dead remake. Oh. Which was fantastic. All right. I mean, you look at a thing and you go, how do you redo Evil Dead? How? How do you actively redo Evil Dead and make it good? Make it, you know, almost as good as the original, even. With a new set of complexities. He did it. He pulled it off. Actually, right there, the last few sentences you just said. That's how you pitch somebody like Fred Alvarez. Like, Fed Alvarez. I think it's Fed or Fede Alvarez, but either, either way, Alvarez is awesome. It, right, but what you said was, this guy took a, a pre-existing uh, continuity... Redid it, uh, tweaked it a little bit. Sounded like uh, it sounds like it was respectful, kind of good. Pushed yes. it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what you want. It wasn't a comedy. It was straight up horror, and it was pretty gruesome. But you know, I've never been one for horror. I love the Evil Dead movies, but because it devolves into just slapstick horror yeah, comedy, it's just like supernatural comedy um, by the end. That's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah what he did with Evil Dead was a lot of fun in fact I hope they bring it into Ash vs. Evil Dead or whatever and they have talked about doing that like bridging the gap between the universes but anyway that guy's really good and uh, he did a fine job with Evil Dead I'd like to see his take on Batman but really only if they did like a villain like Cornelius Sturk or something, you know, like get one of those weird villains who are like, no one knows who <laughs> like kills people, you know, and just like eats them. Maybe a Zaz. I was oh, thinking Zaz. Sh- yeah. Shit. Shit. A Fed Alvarez movie, Batman movie where the main villain is Zaz. Oh my God. We don't have to deal with Leto's Joker or any press about that shit. We don't have to deal with any of that bullshit. Just like, well, we don't know what they were doing. 
And then all of a sudden, here you go, it's a Zaz movie with Fed Alvarez. Ah, oh, I'd be so on board with Not that. Not bad. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Matt Reeves, and I look forward to seeing what he brings to the table. Hopefully he brings something good. Sounds qualified, knows how to do a big budget. It's, again, mm-hmm. that was what they were looking for, man. You got to know how to do a big budget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, proving once again that the press are the most infantile pieces of shit known to man, they asked Casey Affleck if he would ever consider playing Robin to Affleck's Batman. They, like, harangued him at the like, backstage at the BAFTAs. Is harangue the right word? I don't think it is. But Maybe. Anyway. They, I haven't heard. Let's find out. They were bugging him at the... Went backstage at the BAFTAs, and they were like, would you play Robin? And he says, I th- what he says is interesting. I wonder if he has inside info. But he says, I mean, I, you would think he did. Mm-hmm. But he says, I think that part has already been played. It's been set up. It's been established in the last Batman. They mix it up a lot. He added, it hasn't been offered to me. No, I don't think I would want to do that. So just because he's Ben Affleck's little brother, you think he wants to play Robin? Uh, see, you're gonna bug. See, that's just just out of canon. You're gonna bug Casey Affleck about being Robin. Yeah. Seriously? Shit. So much to do has or as uh, man, they've been going on and on about this Chris Terrio. Uh, Deadline reported that Chris Terrio uh, <laughs> had a rewrite of the Batman solo movie. And, um, I mean, I can't exactly argue with that logic. There are all these ridiculous rumors of it being a page one rewrite. Or rumors of a whole other rewrite coming. Um, someone asked Justin Kroll over at Variety, or actually it was BatmanNews.com, uh, said, any truth to the rumors that the Batman script is being redone from scratch? Justin Kroll over at Variety says, no, several sources already saying new script came in this month and everyone, inclu- including Emmerich and Ben, are very happy with it. So, uh, don't worry about those rumors, guys. Yeah. <clears throat> Shit. I mean, come on. I'm sorry, this is just, it gets more and more disheartening. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets frustrating to see that many things to click on just to find that there's really nothing there. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Uh, speaking of which, the uh, rumor mill, the headlines are all saying Joe Manganiello is not going to be playing Deathstroke because he's going to be in a movie with uh, with The Rock in a movie called Rampage, a movie about the '80s video game there. April 2018 release, which means it has to begin in spring or summer. Well, we've already figured that the Batman was gonna not going to start until probably fall because of the delays yeah. and Affleck stepping away, and they're finding another director. And by the way, they're probably, they were probably looking at Matt Reeves for quite a while. Like They probably figured that Affleck, it looks like that was not going to be exactly... Yeah, no one was happening um, booking equipment for, for April to do Batman. Um, but yeah, so but if you want to know if he's gonna play Deathstroke in the Batman movie, uh, well, Joe was on 
Dragon Talk, a and d podcast, and uh, it was just this week. And he had a whole lot to say about playing Deathstroke. He was talking about training. He says, I'm somebody that likes to start preparing way ahead of time, so I've read almost all the comic books involving Deathstroke just to get the information out of them. Some of them are useful. Some of them are not going to be useful. Because ultimately the script, that's my text. I have to play that. I started katana training recently, like live sword training, and I started meeting with various martial arts teachers and discussing with them. Okay, so what are the most offensive styles of martial arts? One where you're not waiting for someone to attack you, but ones where you're looking to make the attack. Then what are the most deadly ones? Where are the scrolls, the ancient Japanese scrolls that have these really deadly techniques that you don't teach to the average student out on the street? Something that only somebody who would go looking for it that are really, really bad, you know, are dangerous. Like, what are those? Okay, so now what are the stances? What are, like, some really unorthodox stances that someone who learns, say, ninjutsu would stand in? Okay, so now what if that person lost an eye? (laughs) If that person lost an eye, how would they then alter the stance so that you would have better peripheral vision? What would that look like? So then you start cooking, and then you start building a story, kind of outside in. That's like a very physical way to build a story. Then on the other side of it, like I said, I'm looking at the script rather than the comic books. I mean, the comic books are giving me a good general idea of the area that we're talking about, where this character is located. But the script is really like, you know, because they might change the canon. There's been like three or four different ways that Deathstroke has lost his eye. Are we going? <laughs> are we doing one of those, or are we doing it a completely new way? Like, I need to play that. So, or is he just not have an eye? Good, I think that's a good, you know, <laughs> answer to the question of whether or not he's going to be playing Deathstroke. Um, he also says uh, he also talks about. In my mind, you could say Deathstroke is a villain. There's definitely a way to look at him as an antihero, um, but there's a way to look at him. Or look him at look at him as a villain. There's a way to look at him as an antihero or just someone who's figuring things out and is trying to work something out over the course of this two-hour movie. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, clickbaity stuff about how uh, Christopher Priest, a comic book writer who's actually who actually just wrote like a Deathstroke thing, mm-hmm. like a miniseries or maybe it wasn't a miniseries, it was just a storyline. But Christopher Priest says. Uh, I can't be protective of Deathstroke. He's a villain. He's a vile person. He doesn't have that monitor in there. He is completely indifferent to what's going on in Chicago. A job. I actually said Chicago like people of Chicago say it. Chicago. <laughs> Drug the A out for no reason there. I know. I didn't mean to. Yeah. He says the job is a job. The guy I'm writing is a villain. Plain and simple. So you know, uh, I I prefer my villains to be a little more anti-heroish, like a little more like. I think it should be done this way, and I think I'm correct, you know, as opposed to, you know, mustache-twirling assholes. <laughs> yeah, the mustache-twirling doesn't work anymore these days. People, uh... Well, the only... The, audience has evolved. It, it works few and far between. But, you know, one, one area I would say it absolutely works is, like, the Joker. Yeah, but even he has his own backstory most of the time. Of I know you were gonna say that. Just trying damn it, to, Jason. Trying to show the world chaos. I'm sorry. You do a character well enough, and you can always show their point of view. Doesn't matter if it's a villain. That's true. 
Absolutely There's true. There's a reason, like, uh, oh, God, I can't remember the name of it right now. The, the Mr. Freeze episode of um, BTAS. Oh, shit, man. Don't bring that up. Yeah. There's Heart a reason I won an Emmy. Heart of Ice. Thank you. All I can remember was Ice. Um, like, you say Heart of you, you even talk about that episode, and I shrink a little bit. I'm like, yeah. And, like, in my chest, like, I hunch a little bit more. I'm like, oh. There, there's a reason it was, uh, it was so well received, though, is it? Took a useless character and made you care about him for half a second. Whatever that line is, no. somewhere where a warm hand waits for mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, that's a uh, that's just rend my heart to pieces. Yep. I'm gonna actually stop when I when we stop doing this show. Just gonna go back for that episode. I'm going to pop in a DVD, and I'm going to watch Heart of Ice, and I'm going to weep. That's the correct way to watch Heart of Ice. And enjoy the fact that you can cry. With a pre-Joker Mark Hamill as Ferris Boyle. Mm. (laughs) You say that like you didn't know that already. I always forget that. (laughs) I don't know if it aired first, but production-wise, it was definitely first. Production-wise matters. Uh, on to Gotham City Sirens. Haley Bennett might be Catwoman. <laughs> she was in The Girl on the Train in The Magnificent Seven. She posted a couple of pictures on Instagram, which is, as far as I know, really all you can post on Instagram, unless you're doing a story. But, I mean... She put up a picture of the Bruce Tim Catwoman, mm. which, why the hell you wouldn't you? I don't understand. But then she also posted a picture of short her with short hair and said, this is me now. And people are thinking that means that she might be playing Catwoman in Gotham City Sirens. Or she too just realized that the series was great and wanted a new haircut. Right. They're like, oh, she's got short hair like Selena Kyle does sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. But, you know, if you're paying attention, the picture of Catwoman that she posted, the Bruce Tim Catwoman, had long blonde hair. Yep. So, I mean, you know, whatever. Do with that what you will. Specific on it, which I'm sure she wouldn't because yep. she's not a real fan. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding about that. I hate when people say that. <laughs> anyway, um,. Uh, Lena Hetty from Game of Thrones, and also 300, a Zack Snyder joint. Um, <laughs> someone asked her, why aren't you playing Catwoman yet? And her response was, why the fuck am I not? Oh, well played. And I have to say, if I had to choose between Lena Hetty and Haley Bennett, I would choose Lena Hetty. Lena Headey is more age-appropriate for Affleck's Batman. Haley Bennett looks a little too young. Also, Haley Bennett totally looks more like a Poison Ivy. I might be wrong. Whatever. I could um, I, I could agree with both the, the... I could agree with you on both those, but there's no reason Catwoman necessarily has to be older. Not in this version of it. And I can make an argument that in this version not, of it, he definitely doesn't have anyone that's like still taunting him at, at his age. 
He's been in the game for a bit. Maybe. He has, I mean, it would appear, especially if you listen to Alfred talk about him, committed pretty much to not having a family. Yeah. But I kind of have to wonder, who was that chick in bed with him in BVS? Maybe it, maybe it was Lena Headey. Maybe it was Haley Bennett. I I doubt very seriously if if this Bruce Wayne would remember the name. Maybe it was Barbara Gordon. Because this the WB seems intent on making him have sex with they Barbara Gordon. They do seem very intent on that, yeah. <laughs> like, why? Like why was why is that the one thing that Paul Dini did that you've glommed onto? You bastards. By the way, did I didn't ask you about this, I don't think. Did you did you laugh a little bit when like we were watching Lego and and it's one of the major criticisms of Killing Joke and it really I I could never get completely comfortable with it in the Killing Joke like animated adaptation and then I looked over at Lego Batman and they're like yeah we're gonna make him a okay yeah it it was like such an uproar when when they did it like for real and Killing Joke and then. Over here, they're kind of like cutesy and together, and and it's clearly like he's into her. And I, <laughs> come on, let's look at well context aside. I, how many times are we going to have him nail Barbara Garden? I think there was no indication that he actually nailed Barbara Gordon in any real capacity in the Lego Movie. No, not at all. Batman not movie. at all. But he is beyond smitten with her. Sure, and who wouldn't be? She's a strong, empowered woman. That's <laughs> it's, it's he's clearly against everything she stands for, though he doesn't want to work with her at all. <laughs> um, but no, I you know I think the problem in the Killing Joke was the lack of her, or the seemingly the seeming lack of her being a strong, independent woman in the Killing Joke. I think that was the problem. Like, I think people took issue with that because it seemed like she was just willing to give it up to Batman. Like, oh, of course I'm into Batman because I'm, you know, smitten with him or whatever. I, I don't know. I I just didn't take it that way out of that one. We've, we've entered treacherous times where you can't really make character choices in movies without offending someone. On sure. either side of the aisle. You know, I'm not taking a stance on either way. I'm just saying, you know, it's... Uh, when I take away from uh, from their relationship and killing joke. Well, you know, I um, I'm used to the idea because I watched the Bat- Batman the animated series, which and, and Batman Beyond, which they didn't go deeply into it, but um, they just retrofitted it, it. Sort of in Batman Beyond, yes, they did. Um. You're absolutely right. They did somewhat do that. Um, but they did make it a point in Batman Beyond to say, hey, this happened. Yeah. And um, we did, when we look back at Batman the Animated Series, I'm talking the classic animated series, probably I think the last, I think it, I want to say it was either the last air or the last production number. I'm sure someone out there I can't imagine who. Maybe someone named Scott or Brent would mm-hmm. have the answer to this, where they could tell me about it on Twitter. Off the top of their head. But, 
but I'm pretty sure the sh- the uh, the episode like there's an episode of Batman the animated series where Barbara has a dream where she's making out with Batman. She saves him from some bad guys or something, and they make out. And then you know the next time we actually really hear about Batman and Barbara being together, it actually happened, and it was in Batman Beyond. Like there was a hint of it in that episode, Old Wounds, in Volume Four, um, where Dick was like, "Yeah, the bastard told her who I was, asshole." Um, and for me, you know, as far as shipping goes, I'll always ship Dick and Barbara. Always, like, yeah, yeah. I like I like Dick and Corey. That's fine, but Dick and Barbara all the way, all the time, every time. Someone asked me, who should Dick Grayson be with? Barbara Gordon. Yeah, for me, I like them more because they they just have such a uh, similar set of values at at any given point in their life. Like they they're raised with different, but I don't know. They they just seem like they're at the same point in their life so often that they make a nice couple. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But seems like all right. Well, I mean, going back to the four, I'm gonna make this quick. Going back for the the four <laughs> points, I one you have like a makeout dream with somebody that happens way more often than any of us want to admit to anybody else. Just does. Sorry, it, it just, I don't have makeout dreams so much. I I'm sorry that probably makes you statistically unlikely. Like it, you, I don't know people people have lovey dreams about people they would not like to admit it all the damn time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, like so for me that's borderline irrelevant and then you get back to like oh it's just a thing that happened okay well a lot people in an intense situation it's a thing that happened whatever and but then you go back to like the current wb verse and um they've got barbara and barbara and bats going right at it Mm -hmm. could easily still go back into the category of uh just a thing that happened but then it's just we go right back over to like the happiest batman uh, property in recent memory by a very long shot. Yeah, and and there's Barbara again. Just just <laughs> seems just seems like it's getting shit pretty hard. Well, you know, in Lego Batman though, and wasn't she, getting any heat in in Lego Batman. Yeah, she just wasn't into it. She's like, whatever, dude. I don't know what what your deal is, but okay. Um, which is fine, and I, I think it's okay. I think that's a pretty good interpretation of it. Um, but again, you know, Lego Batman or uh, Killing Joke. You know, you look back, and I, I'm used to this shit now. Like, whatever. I, you guys want to make Batman like a cock blocking asshole who steals his son's girlfriend? Okay, I guess. Like, you know what? You earned one. Like Batman the animated series was so good, they earned one. <laughs> they earned one just completely disgusting, terrible thing that Batman would never ever do. They added so much, so many spokes to the wheel, as Kevin Smith would say. They actually added so much to the Batman mythos that you know what? You get one, you get one really messed up thing. Uh, you know what? And I'll I'll uh, I'll end my part of this tangent with this. I've I again, my my <laughs> wife is is watching Shameless right now. I keep walking walking into scenes that are way worse than anything we're talking about. Right. I you know, I haven't seen Shameless. So I, I've almost I'm... gotten numb to stuff like that. <laughs> You're more willing to accept Gotham now. <laughs> I really am. There's a legitimate, legitimate case that like 
Cameron Monaghan's character walked out of Shameless, walked into Gotham City, and became the Joker. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> That's the thing you can damn near make a case for. <laughs> Seriously, I just walked back there ten minutes ago. I, I, well, sorry, ten minutes before we started recording, I walked back there and went, what's yeah. happening? And, and, and just looked at... Is, is Jerome getting... Is he going into asylum? Yeah. Was that him I heard kidnapping a baby? Yeah. Is he bipolar? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, shit. Because right. like she was in the kitchen, I was in here doing doing stuff, and uh, I, I I heard somebody for God's sake kidnap a baby. Sure. Weirdly, that from happens. the dialogue, you can actually tell when someone has <laughs> I, someone has hijacked a baby. But uh, sure enough, I'm 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 sitting here. I I hear I hear like. A scene that clearly indicates that, and I thought I heard, I thought I recognized his voice, but it's not as nearly as distinct as it is over in uh, Gotham. And yeah. Um, yeah, reminds me though, I need to watch Raising Arizona again. <laughs> it's a fair. great movie. God, it's such a good movie. Yeah, that's such been a, a while. good movie. That's probably Coen been, Brothers. That's probably uh, been eighteen years for me. Yeah, you want to know who should direct a Batman movie? Coen, Coen Brothers. Brothers go at it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, for that matter, tear up the contract with Disney and let the Russos do the Justice League. Go for it. Let's go crazy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Get some All revenge right. on the mouse. <laughs> Over to BVS News, because, gosh, we have really diverged. Um, oh, yeah. Let's actually get some stuff done real quick. Zack Snyder released a VFX reel. Uh, <laughs> it was a pretty comprehensive video effects reel for Batman v Superman this week. He tweeted, This is a look behind the curtain and what my amazing VFX team is able to achieve. They are simply amazing. The video is pretty comprehensive, covering everything from young Bruce being carried up by bats uh, to the final fight with Doomsday and Superman's death. Spoilers! And includes <laughs> some voiceover explaining the layering effects the team employed on occasion. Some of the footage was released a few weeks ago, but it is largely new behind-the-scenes material. It's pretty cool. It really is. I mean, it, uh, the cinematography and the effects were not the things people had problems with. Right. Largely. Now, we are DC on screen... And this isn't the end of the show, by the way. <laughs> so we we do tend to move toward DCEU stuff, like the DC Cinematic Universe, if you want to call it that. Which is why we haven't talked about any of this stuff, but we're going to talk about it now. There was a kind of a lot of it, so I moved it to the end of the of the line. Lego Batman stuff. Um. Well, this doesn't have anything to do with the DCEU necessarily, uh, in support of the release of the DC, oh, sorry, of the Lego Batman movie, Warner Brothers threw some support from its other properties at the new feature. Not only did Gotham, Supergirl, Arrow, and The Flash get billboard-sized Lego makeovers on the sides of the WB offices, the shows last week featured some of those Lego redesigns in the credits. Also, some of the TV spots with Will Arnett included some of the crew. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's a nice little uh, swath they're, they're of interconnectivity. They're funny little pictures too. Like the the little arrow Lego looks so damn angry, and he's got like a five o'clock shadow. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, there is a reference to Suicide Squad in the Lego Batman movie, and without getting too spoilery about the line itself, for those who haven't gotten to see it yet, the director had this to say about the moment, which some described as a derisive, as being a derisive line of, uh, against Suicide Squad. I can't remember if that one, if that was one we really had to run up the flagpole or not, or just the executives who were on the movie saw it and were okay with it, but this was just us kind of riffing in a voice booth. It was me, Jared Stern, and Will Arnett. It was one of those things where we gave Will an idea and he took it and made it his own. I love working with him. He's amazing, but being able to get away with stuff I think is kind of one of those things we do well in all of the Lego movies. There have only been two so far. <laughs> you feel like you're sort of getting away with it. In another interview, he said, because we're approaching these characters in this movie with a lot of love, people kind of let us do some things that maybe we couldn't do. Uh, Will Arnett also explained the moment as saying, it's kind of incumbent upon us in this position as the, in a certain way, as the absurdist Batman to take those shots. If we don't, then we're sort of missing our own point. And this makes a great point. I, I thought I'm calling it the absurdist Batman. Yeah, I I I liked what McKay had to say. I thought Arnett nailed it though. Uh huh. But the thing is, you know, I didn't. I thought about it in the movie, and I didn't say it. I thought I was going to remember it when we did the review, which is already up. You can already go check that out if you want our opinions on the Lego Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Spoiler: We loved it. Um, I thought I was going to say this in the in the review, but I didn't. I said it on Twitter and got a lot of positive feedback. People were just going, oh, shit, why did you say that? It's totally true. <laughs> <laughs> the Lego Batman. The Lego Batman is just, he's totally just Frank Miller's All-Star Batman from All-Star Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Without the cursing. Yeah. I was going to say without the sex or the cursing, but he's pretty into Barbara Gordon, and I'm pretty sure that... Frank Miller's Batman would totally have sex with a minor on top of a rooftop. So, I yep. Even though she's not a minor in the Lego movie, um, but I think Lego Batman is totally just Frank Miller's All Star Batman, like current crazy ass. I'm kind of an old man, but look way older. Frank Miller. Actually, his current rendition of Batman is the Lego Batman without cursing. I mean, really, how far how far is Superman from All-Star Superman? You'd have to ask Grant Morrison. And he's not shown a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's not shown a lot in the <laughs> film, but is he really different? It is. You know, it's I don't of, know. It's kind of the All-Star universe. I mean, I wouldn't know. We don't see enough of all. We don't see enough of Lego Superman to know. No, I just I, I don't think there's anything contradictory in it. Maybe not. Not yet. It's a very uh, very <laughs> selfless like I don't know selfish uh, selfless friendly kind of kind of Batman tech. Yeah. So uh, the Lego Batman numbers are in. With the release of Lego Batman last week, there was some curiosity about whether the project would come out hot in sales while it came in under its predecessor, the original Lego Bat or sorry, the original Lego movie. Mm-hmm. It still managed to win the weekend with fifty five point six million dollars. It beat Fifty Shades Darker at forty six point eight, which is kinda crazy. And John Wick two at thirty million. I thought John Wick would do better. 
Um, they did too. They did too. Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> I saw a pretty John good amount Wick- of hype about like John Wick Two. Woo! It's gonna be Look, great. Thirty million dollars is not bad for John Wick it's Two. Not. I saw. It's not. I did not. Oh, okay. I did not see John Wick. I want to. I've always wanted to. Ever since the trailer came out, I said, "Oh man, I'm going to see that movie," and I just haven't had time. If you listen to the podcast, you know why. Because I'm too busy doing this shit. Right. But also, <laughs> didn't that? Didn't the puppy die? Guess what sends him on his rampage. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I didn't actually bother finding the time to watch the movie. I was like, no, I've already no. Mm-mm. I don't. But need, it's a I don't dude taking. Dying. Sorry. But it's a dude taking revenge on a bunch of people who killed his puppy. I, I mean, I understand that completely. It's cathartic. I I get that. I just didn't want to. I, the trailer enough I, alone was like, no, the puppy died. I'm told there's a bit. I don't want in, anything new in, with this property. I'm told there's a bit in the first one where they come to his house and try to kill him. And he, like, murders them all. He, like, he takes them all out. And then, like, the cops show up at his house. And he, like, opens the door. And he's like, they're like, John. And he's like, officer. It's like, we heard there was some noise. And uh, he's like, no, no, it's okay. And he, like, looks around John. And he sees all these dead bodies, you know, laying on the ground. And he's like, you working again, John? And he's like, nope, just uh, sorting some things out. Mm-hmm. He's like, understood. Have a good night, John. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I gotta see this movie. Like, I just gotta. This is this looks amazing. That's good dialogue. I it didn't look bad. <laughs> I just like saw the I saw the the puppy thing and went, oh no. Absolutely understand. Absolutely understand. I'm good here. But you know the bit. You know why is you know why he's so attached to that puppy other than just being a completely cute puppy. It was the last he's thing gonna, his dead wife gave hurt me. Oh, fuck, man. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we no. got to see John Wick, man. <laughs> doesn't make me want to see it more. It makes me want to skip the first half of the movie. <laughs> I'm just going to watch everything but the first 20 minutes of John Wick. Right. But in the sequel, there's like Lawrence Fishburne, and they're like together again after like 20 years. Oh. So yeah, I kind of want to see that too. So much longer than we'd yeah. like to admit too. But then I'm the guy that forced you to sit down and watch shoot 'em up with Clive Owen. So Yeah. <laughs> I remember literally I so falling certain. on the floor. Yeah, you had to sit down on the floor and I was so certain that it was a uh that it was like supposed to be that ridiculous. And then we watched the special features and the directors talking about how awesome it was and how serious it was. <laughs> and we were like, wait, what? <laughs> this was clearly a satire. You <laughs> <laughs> made a satire without knowing it. It was, no. No, it, you just made a poor film. Still a phenomenal movie. It's still like, if you just... <laughs> if you can get over the fact that the filmmaker thought he was making a serious movie... It's pretty phenomenal. Then you might survive this thing. I enjoy the hell out of it. Um, and to be fair, you were laughing really hard through the entirety of the movie. Oh, I, I it was just satire as far as I could tell. It, it, <laughs> it just made me laugh the entire time. Sure. So Will Arnett, is, uh, <laughs> he pranked a U- <clears throat> UK toy store. Uh, he was doing a little bit of uh, press in the UK on BBC Radio 1. Uh, as Batman, and uh, host Matt Edmondson has a segment called Alphabetically, in which the caller has to start each new sentence in the conversation with the next letter of the alphabet, A to Z. Arnett's Batman does a swimming 
job with it and seamlessly completes the rotation because, as he puts it, Batman's greatest superpower is his mind. It was good stuff. It was. He gets stuck at, like, the normal times. And you get to you and you're like, uranium! <laughs> you get to see and like, xylophones! <laughs> I mean, like, my other boy is, is, is interested in xylophones because music. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so we have a giveaway number four update. We have two new reviews from iTunes. Um, Dan Mason 4210 on iTunes says, Awesome DC podcast. DC on screen is a fantastic podcast for movie and TV news. David and Jason are great hosts in that they can make you laugh while also providing quality information. I really appreciate getting my DC news from two dudes who don't take themselves or the product too seriously. Keep up the great work. Well, hey, man. I mean, you know. I know uh, firsthand that you can't take me too seriously, and uh, I've been a DC fan, DC TV and movie fan, to know that you can't take that too seriously. No, no. Uh, I, <laughs> or you I just won't enjoy anything. I promise you, man. Um... We've known each other too long to let the other person take anything too fucking seriously. <laughs> so rest assured that aspect of the show will always be here for you. <laughs> like, see, yeah, like, me and Jason, we've been watching DC movies and TV shows for so long that we don't really trust it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we have the highest of hopes. And we get a little pissed off, you know, even even though we have our own problems with the stuff. We get a little pissed off. We're giving them shit, you know, with your, with your clickbait bullshit. But at the same time, we're like, mm, you're not going to get it right. We know you're not. <laughs> 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 like, it's not going to be, like, exactly to our liking. And there's going to be some issues. Even with, like, the Nolan trilogy with so many people hold, so many people hold that up as, like, gold standard. We're like, mm, I think you look at that third one again. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, um, I love DC. Love, you know, uh, you know, as many times as they rebooted it and everything, you can only really love the concepts. Like, that's what, what happens. The only thing you can really hold true to is the concepts of the characters. Yeah, no. <laughs> and have preferences as to what they've done. That's all we're really sure about is the, the characters we're talking about, the people we're talking about, we, we have deep affection for. Mm. Yeah. Uh and Randy SF one nine seven one says more than a podcast. I didn't know we were more than a podcast, honestly. But he thinks we are. He says I, I thought we only to- had time for a podcast. <laughs> I thought that was what happened. Um he says I started listening to Dave and Jason in twenty fifteen. Oh, damn near the beginning. Yeah, thank you, man. Absolutely. And have since feel less like podcasters and more like a couple of old friends crashing at my place every Monday and Tuesday. And despite my disagreements with Dave, Ooh, mm. about the DCEU in general and a few Marvel movies in particular, everyone's opinion is respected, but most important of all, they're Lucifer reviews. <laughs> <laughs> most important of all, they're Lucifer reviews. That's a reviews. phrase that is heretofore unused. Right. Their Lucifer reviews give me a reason to sit through the show every Monday night. 
shit, man. I didn't know you. we were forcing you to watch Lucifer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Also, thank was... you for going through this with us. <laughs> it it hurts. A lot of the time, it hurts. All right. <laughs> I think we might be best friends now, Randy. Yeah. <laughs> We've been through some shit together. Yeah. Uh, we were in that foxhole together. Yeah. <laughs> I do mean foxhole, because it airs on Fox. And it is a hole. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's gotten better recently, though, right? Yeah, at least two episodes. I hope it gets better. Anyway. Fingers interminably crossed. That makes uh, number five. Randy is number five. And giveaway number four. Excellent. Five more reviews. And someone else gets a trade paperback, a Blu-ray, or a DVD. DC, of course, because we're not going to pay for your Marvel shit. Even though we love Marvel. We do love Marvel. And and actually, if you ask us, we probably will. But Yeah, sh- you know, but we have a Randa to consider. <laughs> Uh, there's some really good Marvel stuff. It doesn't say like DC begin parentheses. Okay. Marvel. We really like them too. Like a lot, like no apologies, really Mm -hmm. love Marvel, but we focus more on DC in parentheses on Mm -hmm. screen. That's not our title. Right. Uh, (laughs) we couldn't make a graphic that made that work. You know, but just between me and you, if, uh, you know, someone wanted to give us a five star review and then, you know, asked us later on if they could get, like, a Guardians of the Galaxy trade paperback instead. I might be okay with that. <laughs> Don't quote me on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Blu-ray, trade, paperback, or DVD. Um, $15 or less. One in ten win. We have five. We need five more reviews. iTunes or Stitcher. We opened it up to Stitcher. We would open it up to Google Play too, but I can't find a way to review anything on Google Play. So yeah, Google Play's got you some. know, it's Google. They like algorithms instead of actual human interaction. It's got so. some play to it, yeah. In all fairness, that Google gonna... was founded on an algorithm, so you know, <laughs> it's done well for them. Yeah. Again, stick to your brand, guys. All right. <laughs> So, that is going to be it for our DCEU news. Aside from the fact that I got to mention this. I got to mention this. I don't know why. Coolio said that he was going to be Scarecrow. I thought I saw that. In the sequel to Batman and Robin. I thought I saw that. And he says, I doubt they'd be coming knocking on my door now or come calling now or something. like, no shit, buddy. (laughs) Coolio. Yeah. It's like, you know, these days you say you see Coolio in the news and you go, <laughs> that was a thing. I forget what I saw he was doing recently. Um, ah, shit. You know, someone's going to be really angry with me. Someone's going to be like, I like Coolio, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. And I'm, like, I'm sorry. I mean, I did too. I owned Gangsta's Paradise. I mean, who the hell did? Oh, who can't like recite like old. at least a couple of lines from that? It's... It, it, Oh. oh, I can recite way more than a couple of lines. <laughs> I know the entirety of Ghetto Highlights. I know the entirety of Gangsta's Paradise. I I know way too much of that album. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I forget what I saw he was doing recently, but it was interesting. Well, One, damn. Two, three, four. Get your woman on the floor. Anyway, we are DC on screen. <laughs> Not coolly on screen. You can find every episode of DCOnScreen.com eventually. It's taken me a little while to get them up. Like I, I upload them to the feed, and then I upload them to DC And then on time takes its toll. Oh, man. Does it ever. Uh, we are proud members of the Giant Size Team Up Network. GiantSizeTeamUp.com. By the way, they just started a new podcast called Botched. Which is a D and D slash game podcast. It's a really cool idea. Go check that out. Yeah, it did look cool. Giantsizeteamup.com. Uh we are gonna be coming back with a DC TV news episode because that's how we roll. We give you so much free content. <laughs> because we I don't know. It seems like I think we might actually have some sort of Compulsive disorder. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bit of an OCD. <laughs> anyway, I only notice it somewhere in hour nine of gathering news. <laughs> like good old hour nine. Like up to hour like five of gathering news, you're you're just kind of like doing it, and then between like six and eight, there's like this period of hysteria where you. You, you think you're about to have a panic attack and you realize, like, no, I'm just dehydrated. I haven't eaten or drinking in, you know, or, or drank in like eight hours. And right. somewhere in hour nine, you realize, oh, this is the thing. This is an actual pathology. <laughs> yep. So, anyway. Uh, also, Batman Podcast Network, because. That is also how we roll, and um, I think I said that's how we roll earlier, and I can't remember, so just pretend that I did if I didn't. You know, though, but, and, but uh, we're still rolling. We are still that's rolling. that's how that metaphor works. We are. So, uh, until the DC TV news episode, keep some DC on your screen. You know what drives you, what inspires you. You know why you're here today, thinking about your education and your career. But do you know how to get where you're going? Indiana Wesleyan University is a place where your dreams and goals are known, where you're pushed to excel, and you're supported beyond graduation day. Explore our tuition guarantee, our faith-integrated coursework, and more than 100 online degree programs. See how it's possible at IWUisHow.com. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.